Our scripture for this evening is uh, Galatians 3. Galatians 3, a very powerful passage. Scripture. Galatians 3, I'll begin at verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scriptures, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls it or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promise made. He does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed which is Christ. And this I say, that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. But the scripture has confirmed all under sin, 
that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Our text for this evening is Galatians 3.7. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Now this text actually is the biblical equivalent of a stick of dynamite. Sometimes dynamite is used very carefully near a rock-covered vein of gold. It's then detonated to blast away the worthless rocks so the vein of gold will be exposed in all its glory. It is then mined in order to enrich the owners. There is an absolutely pure vein of gold running through the Bible called justification by faith. By God's grace, the writers of the Westminster Shorter Catechism have correctly understood his word. And in answer 33, they define justification by faith as an act of God's free grace wherein he pardons all our sins. And accepts us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. Here in Paul's letter to the Galatians, we see that the Galatian church had allowed a group of false teachers to cover the pure gold of justification by faith with the worthless rocks of justification by works. Paul is the one who placed and detonated our text in order to blast those worthless rocks of works and uncover the pure gold of justification by faith. He did this for the enrichment of the Galatian church and all churches down through history. Now, there's no way for us to get the full impact of this text without considering the background and the context. The therefore tells us this text is based on all that Paul has written up to this point. I'm sure somewhere along the line you've heard a pastor say, whenever you see a therefore, check it out and see what it's there for. So... uh, That's an old line. I think I heard a couple groans. But uh, that's what it's there for. 
And it, text, it tells us that it's based on all that Paul has written up to this point. And we're going to just briefly review the background and the context. Paul had personally ministered to the Galatian church and clearly preached justification by faith to them. He clearly taught them to be justified by faith was to have God, by his own free grace, forgive us for our sins because of Christ being crucified for us, and also that God accepted us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. Now Paul found out the Galatian churches had allowed themselves to be influenced by a group of false teachers whom we will call the Judaizers. These Judaizers wanted to convince the Galatian churches that in addition to putting their faith in Jesus as the Christ, they must follow the same procedure as converts to Judaism. This would mean they would have to be circumcised and observe the Mosaic law and customs. In other words, they taught faith plus works leads to salvation and not faith alone. The Judaizers also had to attack the legitimacy of the position of Paul's apostleship. They had to do this in order to attack and supplant the gospel that he preached. They attempted to convince the Galatians that Paul was inferior to the original apostles. And so was the gospel that he preached. Now Paul wrote to the Galatians to correct this situation. And our text is placed at a pivotal point in this letter. It comes after Paul's clear defense of his true apostleship and of the truth of justification by faith. But it comes right at the beginning of his presentation of the fact that even Abraham was saved by faith. Now we'll go to our, our text and examine it just a little more closely. We're going to see it in three different sections. First, therefore, know that, know, or it could be interpreted in some in translations, know for sure. Second, only those who are of faith. And third, are sons of Abraham. We're going to see this text each section of this section kind of a twofold thrust. The first thrust will blast away the worthless rocks placed by the Judaizers. And the second thrust will reveal the eternally glorious vein of gold, which is the true gospel of Jesus Christ, justification by faith. Now, our first section tells us, therefore, know that, or know for sure. And the therefore in this section is pointing back to the basis of our knowing 
for sure that all of Galatians 3.7 is true. Paul's establishment of his true apostleship and the gospel that he preached is central to that basis. It's inspired. He's inspired by God. That's what it says. His apostleship. True apostleship. Paul told them in chapter 1, verse 1, just exactly who called him to be an apostle when he says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. On the basis of this authority given to him by Jesus Christ, Paul preached to admonish the Galatian churches for moving from the only true gospel. Then on the basis of that same authority, Paul proceeds to blast the Judaizers with some of the most fearful words in the Bible. Some of the most fearful words of the Bible. And we see those words in Galatians 1, 6 through 9. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. That means accursed by God. Then look at verse 9. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. It's interesting to note there in uh, verse 8, he says, he even says this, but even if we, if we came back to you and preached another gospel than the one you heard originally, then we should be accursed. He's including himself. There's no other gospel, he's saying. And so we see the Judaizers' authority completely destroyed. And they themselves pronounced accursed by God. In the words of our text, Paul lets us know for sure that these Judaizers and their message are accursed. That's the first thrust of this section. The second thrust is that we can know for sure what Paul is telling us is true because his apostleship is from Christ. And the original apostles recognized it. Paul gives an extensive defense of his true apostleship in chapters 1 and 2. But we need only look at chapter 2 and verse 9 to see that the original apostles at Jerusalem recognized Paul as an equal. And uh, I'll read there verse 9. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, he means pillars of the church, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. 
They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I was eager to do. Paul also gives us an example of his use of his apostolic authority when he had to correct Peter for not living his life in accordance with the gospel of grace in chapter 2. So we see that when Paul tells the Galatians to therefore know for sure, he is telling them to disregard the Judaizers who pervert the gospel and listen to him, for he is a true apostle preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ. In this first section, Paul destroys the Judaizers' authority and establishes his own authority. Next, in the second section, Paul destroys the Judaizers' gospel and establishes Christ's gospel. Here we see Paul pointing to only those who are of faith, only they who are of faith, they which are of faith. In contrast to the Judaizers who would be those who are of works. In chapter 1, verse 7, Paul blasts their gospel by saying that it is not another gospel, but is a perverted gospel. But in chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, Paul establishes the authority he has for his gospel when he says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to men. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now we can see this in chapter 2, verse 16, where we read, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So Paul has established the doctrine of justification by faith as the true gospel of Jesus Christ, and one would think he would stop there. He now appeals to the Galatians' own personal experience in chapter 3, verses, actually 2, 3, and 5. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? (coughs) Excuse me. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? The obvious answer to these questions is not by the works of the law, but by faith. Paul calls them to examine themselves. He tells them the doctrine is clear. And you should examine your experience in the light of the doctrine. Make sure you are not of those who are of the works of the law. Make sure you are of those who are of faith. 
And this brings us to our last section of our text, that once those who are of faith are sons of Abraham, the ones who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. So up to now, we've seen the authority of the Judaizers blasted away in the first section and Paul's apostolic authority established. And we've seen the false gospel of the Judaizers blasted away in the second section and Christ's gospel established. Finally, in this last section, we will see the Judaizers' natural descendancy from Abraham blasted away. And the spiritual descendancy of those who are of faith established. Paul is not going to leave even one of the worthless rocks of justification by faith for the Judaizers to use. Now Paul knows that these Judaizers were proud of their natural, their physical descendancy from Abraham called the father of the Jews. And they thought because they were his natural seed and had been circumcised, they were closer to Abraham than the Gentile Christians in Galatia and everywhere else. They needed a lesson in Old Testament exegesis, and Paul gives it to them. In Galatians 3.6, Paul cites Genesis 15.6 when he says... Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He then gives us an explanation of what this means in our text in verses 8 and 9 where he says, Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. And so what, what does this mean? Well, Abraham trusted in God's mercy to get him to heaven. And so, so must those who, his true sons, those who are his true sons. And so here we see Paul blasting the Judaizers at their roots. It was Abraham's faith in God's promise that saved him and not his circumcision. Abraham's faith by God's grace was the true basis of the covenant with God. And so now, so now it is all those who are of faith in Jesus Christ who are the sons of Abraham. Jesus Christ is the promised seed of Abraham. He's that one that in you all the nations of the world will be blessed. And in that sentence, the Apostle Paul said, he was preaching the gospel that, yes, Israel would be saved, the Jews would be saved, but also 
the Gentiles will be gathered in. He would say, Abraham was saved by faith. All true Jews were saved by faith. Those who truly repented and trusted in God to save them before Christ came. And then after Christ came, there he was. The Savior, the one who was the basis of anyone being saved, came. And we know him. We know his name is Jesus. And he is the Mashiach, the promised Savior of Israel. And basically what he's saying, I don't have time in this message. Maybe next time I, I can, I would love to say more about this, but I don't want to go too long. And uh, that we could see uh, how glorious it is. And that actually we Gentiles are the true Israel of God. There are many places in the New Testament where that's pointed out. And what he's pointing out here, we're the sons of Abraham. Uh, and so uh, I think that would be surprising uh, to many Jews. And who is it taught by? Who is it being taught by? Well, do you remember someone named Saul, the Pharisee Saul, who persecuted Christians, held their coats while they stoned Stephen the deacon to death? Well, he was saved on the road to Damascus and became the Apostle Paul. And he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. And now he's teaching that the Gentiles are really who, who are trusting in the Jewish Messiah. They are true, true children of Abraham. That's really something. It's another, another sermon, another time. Just a little taste of. So, um, anyway, let's go on back to our text. And, um, I talked about the uh, Judaizers' destruction. And so let's uh, go to chapter 3 in verses 10 and 11 where it says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And of course, verse 24, a very famous text, you probably have memorized it at some point, it shows that the law was our schoolmaster or our tutor to lead us to Christ to be justified by faith. So now we see the pure vein of gold of justification by faith shining forth in all its glory. They see that? The Judaizers attempted to hide it, but God raised up Paul to blast away those worthless rocks of justification by works. And also... Their confidence, as I said, this, this last one, this last blast hit them at their roots. That they were trusting in being physical children of Adam and Eve, of Abraham. So, Paul was raised up to establish God's truth and to encourage 
those among the Galatians who knew they were justified by faith and who knew they were Abraham's spiritual children. And what about you tonight, huh? Are you sure that you are trusting that Jesus Christ suffered and died for your sins to satisfy God's justice on your behalf? Are you sure that you're trusting that God sees you as righteous in His sight only for the righteousness of Jesus Christ imputed to you? Are you sure that you see your obedience to the law of God now, if you're saved, as evidence of your salvation? And not as the basis of it. Christ alone, He takes away your sin, He gives you His righteousness. All His works, they are the basis of your salvation. If you're not sure, may God give you the grace to repent of your sin and to trust in Christ alone as your Savior and Lord. Put your faith in His works alone to save you. If you are sure, then praise God for His grace in making you one of the children of Abraham and giving you eternal life. Giving you eternal life. And finally, if you are sure, then serve God, realizing that God has raised you up at this time in history for a purpose. You cannot be an apostle like Paul. That was a special office. And you may not be an Augustine or a Luther or a Calvin or a Knox or even a J. Gresham Machen, one of the original people who started the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. But you too must be committed to keep the worthless rocks of justification by works off of the beautiful vein of gold, pure vein of gold that's in Scripture. That's justification by faith alone, by Christ alone, by grace alone. May God have mercy on us all and give us the grace to be ever more faithful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again we thank you for your great love, our great salvation, Lord, greatest gift in all the universe. Help us, Lord, to realize it. It's all of your grace. Our faith is a gift, even. Help us to realize that more and more all the days of our lives. And so, as we realize this truth of the true gospel of Jesus Christ, that we may be better able to worship you in spirit and in truth. More and more and more. We praise you for the blessings ahead of us in our lives. And again, Lord Jesus, we pray that you'd come soon and pray in your precious name. Amen.